one thing we have to keep in mind is that, and we talked about it on the show. But at the same time, it comes from two different points. Then all of a sudden, you want to say, oh, well, you know, best, I think for me, I don't know if I can speak for everybody else. This is Dead is Sports. This is the place where sports opinions collide. Dead in Sports. I'm your host. I'm your host. Kenneth Beans joining me on the show. We got FIFA 24-7. What it do? Shelton J. What's good, man? And Q the sixth man. Yo, yo. <laughs> Marty Medfly, you can delete it, but we're not forgetting. That's funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, man, thank you guys for once again joining us. Uh, please hit the, the like button um, to kind of let the algorithms do what it do. Um, and, and subscribe to the channel if you are not subscribed to the channel. So, uh, yeah, we got a, a pretty packed show for you guys uh, tonight. Um, yeah, uh, pretty much produced by um, by Q, man. <laughs> so Q sent us a number of topics today that you want to touch on, so we'll get to that. But I think um, what I want to touch on first, and I'm trying to get some news. I might have to go to the chat because... You know, some good information on there. Um, we obviously got to talk about what started the break the night that um, that we ended the show Tuesday. It was dropped in the chat room about Deshaun Watson and the uh, multiple allegations that have been placed on him um, since Tuesday. And um, it started with um, three well, I'm going to say it started with three. I, I think it started with less, but I'm going to say it started with three and then it escalated to to nine, but they had only filed three cases or three suits. So it's a really weird story, but there are three so- lawsuits, but there are six other women that can come forward, but that don't mean them coming forward would be, would turn into lawsuits. So let me go to pro football talk. See what we got here. Uh, yeah, in fewer than two days, the number of claims against uh, Watson uh, have just ballooned, man. Uh, the attorney, Tony Busby, now claims that he has nine clients who have assault claims against Watson. So, uh, yeah, they said Watson, according to uh, messages. Uh, no, no, no. It says the three cases filed today arise from massages that Watson allegedly tried to make into sexual encounters. The NFL is now investigating the situation. Discipline is possible under the personal conduct policy. Um, <clears throat> I'm just going to say, y'all, mm. this sounds suspect as hell to me. Bet. Me too. Me too. And, uh, I'm glad you went there. Yeah, I I, I got to, man. I, I mean, I, and it's not that I don't... Do, I don't want to believe the allegations. Um, and obviously, I'm going to let the facts bear themselves out. Um, but what I'm going on right now in terms of my suspicion is based on all of the noise that Watson has been kicking up about wanting to leave Texas. And this could play out a couple of different ways. Uh, so one is Watson did it. The Texas knew about it, kept it quiet. And now that he wants to leave they're letting it all out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or Watson didn't do it, and they're putting these cases on him. Or Watson did it. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one it is one right now. 
Huh? It's one it's of the one three. Of the three. Yep. It's one of the three. So um, we just wait. But what I feel right now is that if you want to, if you know you got to trade him, one way you can diminish his trade value, mm-hmm. attack his character. Slander him. Um, that means he'll be hard to touch given the number of issues the NFL has had over the years with this. Um, and uh, you can, the fans will maybe feel a little bit better about it because he's now uh, a person that has sexually assaulted people or made advances or whatever. So there's that. And um, and I think the other thing that came to mind when I was reading it is I, I thought about Robert Kraft mm-hmm. and how that story just went away when he was in the massage mm-hmm. parlor, you know, mm-hmm. you know, doing his thing. So I don't know, man. That's how I feel. Um, I'm going to let all the facts weigh out, but this is how I feel right now. This is not anything based on facts. You know, the facts will present themselves and then we'll, you know, I'll go accordingly. That's what I got. Yeah, it's just a, it's, it's the timing of it for me, man. Like I said, um, we already know that this man is trying to get out and he's been clean cut. This is one of the clean cut, most clean cut dudes I've ever known in, in the game. And I'm not saying he's perfect or anybody's perfect. I'm not saying he did or didn't do it, but it just it just reeks of somebody, you know, attacking a person's character when they're trying to get out of a situation. It just it just it just don't seem right. Something about it ain't right. And for it to come out of nowhere like this, and you know, the the numbers to grow as quickly as it did, I'm I'm just shaky on that. I really, really am. And it's so unfortunate that no matter what. In this case, especially, he's going to be guilty until proven innocent. That's just how it works in today's society. So it's 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 going to be tough to overcome this, and you know, to like you said, it diminishes his trade value, um, and it may cause some teams to back off. Hopefully, not mine, but we'll just have to see. So. Mm. I think y'all said it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I didn't have nothing else to add. <laughs> Everything's been said, but it's just like a yeah. timing, you know. Mm. All right, um, I want to. I'm trying to pull up Watson. He did issue a statement on uh, on Twitter, so I want to read that. Um, he said, as a result of a social media post by a publicity seeking plaintiff's lawyer, I recently became aware of a lawsuit that has apparently been filed against me. I have not yet seen the complaint, but I know this. I've never treated any woman with anything other than the utmost respect. The plaintiff's lawyer claims that this isn't about money, but before filing suit, he made a baseless six-figure settlement demand, which I quickly rejected. Unlike him, this isn't about money for me. It's about clearing my name, and I look forward to do that. To doing that. That that that, that that's what an upstanding innocent man says. Mm-hmm. Now go ahead. Take 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 shots at the king. You better not miss. Cause it's gonna look way worse for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Mr. T in the chat also said that supposedly this lawyer is a neighbor of the owners. So ain't that a coincidence? Politics is usual. Wow. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So yes. yeah, man. Hey, I ain't buying that. You know what I'm saying? All I'm gonna say is this, man. <clears throat> when you overstep the boundaries, when you overstep house rules, if you understand what I'm saying. They gonna press that button on you, mm-hmm. and, they pre- and they press the button on Deshaun because he was getting a little bit too uppity. 
That's all it yeah. is. And if Russell don't relax, they're going to press the button on his ass, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they press that button. And like I said, you know, hopefully it won't hurt him too bad if it lowers his trade value. Um, we got a couple pieces in Carolina that I think we can give up. I don't think we have that many massage parlors there. We can just go there and <laughs> ride off into the sunset. We'll, 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 we'll take it and work on it. Yeah, this 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 it's crazy, man. Like I read I was reading this thing and said uh he went to schedule a massage via Instagram, came in wearing a short towel <laughs> and went in there and said put and aggressively tried to get them to move their hand to his 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 um his area. So it just it just read like a bad novel. But anyway, I mean we'll see. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. Anyway, man, uh, but yeah, it's it's funny, Shelton, because when we were closing the show out, somebody put it in the chat, and we were like, oh, man, y'all, you know, tripping or whatever, and then that's, mm-hmm. hey, that's real, for, uh, real, for real. Um, anyway, all right, uh, there's that. Obviously, we'll have more um, by Tuesday, and, um, you know, we'll we'll go from there if if any new information leaks out. But, um, but yeah, man, yeah, Shana got off the chain. They trying to bring him back. He out there running, running, running in the woods, man. Trying to get away from the plantation. They done sent them dogs after him. That's all it was. That's yeah, they're gonna cut was. his foot off next. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. So anyway, let's jump into some of these topics, man, and then we'll hit in. Uh, so Q, one of the things that we have here is you um, want to talk about the severity of uh, KD and AD. Mm-hmm. And the NBA schedule's impact on the body. Mm-hmm. And I actually thought this was interesting, more so about KD than mm-hmm. AD, because mm-hmm. KD has been out for damn near half the season. Off of yep. what, a, a hamstring pull? That's- K- KD has a hamstring pull. AD has a, a, a calf strain, but they're talking about it also within circles at, in Achilles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think the the KD thing is the one that really stood out because he's been gone for so long, you know. Um, and obviously, they want to, you know, definitely treat him with kids' gloves. But the length of time for something like this seems extreme for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes it feel like it's a little bit more than what they're letting on. Um, you know, with with AD. I think we're still in that in in that window. So, um, yeah, man, just go ahead and kick it off, man. Like, what 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 are your thoughts yeah. on this? I think I think it's I think it's um, important to couch this in the conversation of like people who've been around the game. If you play organized sports, if you understand what it takes to actually either be an athlete in high school, middle school, college, or professional, you understand that like the wear and tear it has on the body. And what in the recovery that's needed and the actual time that it takes to heal certain injuries. And when I look at the narrative around KD and AD, like, oh, they're just going to be out for a couple of weeks. They're going to be reevaluated. People are talking about KD as if he has a hamstring tear or he has a slight tear because he was overcompensating for the Achilles. These type of injuries will not get better as playoff basketball intensifies and the repetition of the body not being able to recover as quickly. The same with, I believe, AD with 
Achilles tendonitis. As somebody who's dealt with this for eight months now, this shit does not get that much better. You have to lay around and just ice it, massage it, and to go from doing nothing to expect it to be 80% in the playoffs. I don't think that we're being honest about the severity or at least the caution that should actually be used. And we're seeing that with guys like Jaron Jackson. We're seeing that with guys like Porzingis. We're seeing that with even Paul George to an extent. And I think that the NBA schedule has certainly impacted it because of the condensity of it. So I'm interested in what people's thoughts are on if we're going to see a full return for KD and AD and all these guys who have these nagging injuries that I think are way more uh, cautious than they actually are being let let on. So I'll say this. When it comes to the case of AD, this has been AD's MO since mm-hmm. before he became in, before he got to the NBA. So for him, I'm not as concerned because this is just who AD is going to be. You're going to have if you're His body if he, used to be hurt. Exactly. Well, <laughs> but, but here's the thing, like that's normal for him. Right. Yeah. Missing anywhere between 10 to 25 games a season is normal for AD. So this don't surprise me. And and I'm I'm kind of okay with the AD situation. Um, I think I think he'll be fine. I think you know when the playoffs come, obviously the the schedule didn't do them any any justice. But at the end of the day, even in a normal non coronavirus impacted season bubble or regular season, he this was still AD. In terms of KD, um, I worry mm. only because he came back. Uh, and he took the whole year off, and he took mm-hmm. his time. And I think he definitely took his time. But um, that man was full head of steam game one, mm-hmm. and, and, and you saw, you saw, he was like, "Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all must have forgot about KD." Mm-hmm. And he was trying to show everybody. Um, and and, and I said it on this telecast. I thought he was going to be back to form. Um, and I think to Q's point that maybe he did push himself a little too fast. Maybe he should have eased in, even though he was on minutes restrictions and all that type of stuff. So I'm more so worried about him only because he came, he's coming back from an Achilles. And that's for obvious reasons. Everybody else in the league, though, in terms of this shortened season and things of that nature, yeah, it, it has impacted a lot of people. Porzingis, he's another one. He, he's been injury prone. Am I worried about him? This is par for the course. If there's certain... There's certain guys you're just going to have to deal with if they're on your roster with this type of stuff. Um, but for everybody else, it, it's hard for me to have a sympathy because you're a professional athlete and you should know your body. If you need days off, you should be talking to your coaching and training staff about that. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I put this a little bit on the players. Like, hey, look, we don't we don't play so many games. My body feel this way. Matter of fact, I, I just need rest. I need rest. The Kawhi for the Kawhi on them. Yeah. And and I think that the, that the organizations have to be sympathetic to that. They won't be. Or they're and, and yeah. Yeah. But 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 if you go public, I'm not saying that that's the best way to handle it. Oh, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like I think that but, so, I, so I want your thoughts because what I'm saying is to add on to what people are talking about, I believe that the NBA schedule, due to the fact that it's being condensed, it's it's going to facilitate this environment where guys are going to get these either knick-knack injuries or 
more severe injuries that are going to linger on and could shorten their careers, man. And and this is coming off of a bubble, like 60 days for the heat, what the heat and the, and the, the Lakers. And you think that, mm-hmm. that, uh, that AD having to, you know, damn near get carted off in the finals <laughs> in that one game. And then 60 days later, he's playing a hundred percent again on that same Achilles. Yeah, that had like that scares me. I don't just think that's like oh the same knee injuries he had in the past. No, like that's his his Achilles tendon at, at this point. So this is damaging guys, I believe, careers, man. So Sheldon, let me know what you think if I'm if I'm tripping. I'm tripping, but you know, I I don't know. I don't think you are. I think that you know we look at a LeBron and he's a special case because he puts a lot of money into his body, so he's able to do it and do it effectively, even though he complained about it, he's been able to still do everything that he's wanted to do on the court. But some of those other guys, like you said, it's affected them in a negative way. Um, I don't really think much on the KD part because KD set out a whole season before that. Um, so his injury that's lingering is, is to me, that's a separate case just because he didn't have the wear and tear of a season before mm-hmm. going into this short season. So if anything, he should be I, well. Well, I can't say that either, though, because his minutes—he wasn't on a minutes restriction. I don't right. think was he. I don't, but I don't believe so. If he if he was, that they, they they were playing every other game. You know what I mean? And even then, mm-hmm. but um, he him he had more time. Ad, like you said, FIFA Ad is is pretty much he's an isolated case, and I don't think that they would make adjustments just for him. And I don't think injuries are up. I have to look at that because I didn't look at that statistic and I wanted to, and I should have looked it up just now. I think injuries are on par with where they are um, in a normal season, and I don't think production is down. Defensively, we don't see the same intensity, but for the most part at this point yet, but production is still, you know, it's still a high-quality product we're seeing on the court. And maybe this 72-game season is the new trend. Maybe they'll go to 72 from here on out. And this is just a reset of the clock. Maybe the season time will change going forward as well. And not just let's throw them out there. They did that to kind of reset the clock. If that's the case, I don't think the impact will be so bad, but um, it would be alarming if neither one of them come back or if we see somebody else go down. Yeah. I think that. Yeah. I think if, if you're the Lakers, you're obviously concerned about that. If you're, the Nets, you're okay because you still got Harden and, and Kyrie um, and a roster that, that fits well uh, with their talents. But if you're Lakers, you're not winning anything without without KD. I mean, AD. Um, but I think there's, you know, when I was listening to FIFO talk uh, and about AD and uh, I'm going to throw in Chris uh, Stapps in here too, uh, how this is normal for them. And their body tells them they can only play a certain number of games in a season. And, and, and there are, or has been, or continues to be a lot of conversation about reducing the schedule anyway. The players have been talking about it. There's been a lot of talk in media sports, et cetera, et cetera. And um, this stuff don't typically just come out of nowhere. Like they kind of float this stuff out just to kind of get, you know, public perception on, on uh, which way to kind of move. I think there does need to be some type of analysis done to evaluate the number of injuries that have occurred over the last couple of years in the league, maybe five. Uh, if you want to go further back, you can do 10. 
just to get an average of how many games players could theoretically play without damaging their body. We're in a different age now where you're right. The players could come back and say, hey, man, I need to take the day off. These We're seeing a lot of quote-unquote millennials. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a lot of players really try to take ownership, agency of, of who they are and their body and, it's, and not, you know, uh, catering to the will of the owners mm-hmm. the way it used to be back in the day. When They're they realizing less, that they have leverage. Yep, yep. All, a lot of that has changed. So I, I would like to see a shortened schedule. I don't think that would um, be bad, but especially when you, you're talking about – go ahead. How short? I was just going to ask you how short. Um, somewhere in the 60s. Mm-hmm. I think it would be good. I think you have high competitive basketball. I think if you want to extend the season, you can have you can lump in a tournament towards the end if you want to make up for those lost games in terms of revenue. So, mm-hmm. you know, stretch out the playoffs and and sell the playoffs, and you can probably get more money for the playoffs than you could the regular season anyway. So the games will be a little bit more competitive, which has been a complaint from NBA fans over the last couple of years too. That they don't, they don't watch until the you know the postseason. So I think right. there's a couple of different ways you can you can. And they could also incentivize it, Kim, with like having the awards be decided by playoff performances too. If they wanted mm. to go that route, finally, and stop doing this goofy shit. Oh, it's the most valuable player, but not the player who helps the team win. It's just every year the criteria changes. Like I was saying last week. So mm. if, they, if they if they wanted to incentivize people, people would look at Giannis's performance in playoffs last year and be like. Is that a better MVP than LeBron last year? I mean, people say it's a regular season award, but should it even be that anymore? I think that's right. where the NBA is headed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of these things are really, really old, man. Mm-hmm. You know the way they look at things, and they're 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 stuck in traditions. Mm-hmm. But I think the NBA is the most transient um, league of them all in terms of moving or even shifting those traditions. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there are some of them that are still entrenched. 82 games. Obviously, this is a little different. COVID, whatever, whatever. Um, you know, th- there are still a lot of traditions, but shouldn't sports hold on to certain traditions as long as almost forever? Should it? Is, is, is it, isn't that what kind of makes like a connection from, you know, let's say like from a a damn who, who play like a Dr. J all the way to a LeBron James. Yeah. It, it, I think about stuff like that. Like you talk about scoring leaders and mm-hmm. you talk about, you know, all these awards and these assist leaders and this and that. If you're cutting off 16, 17, 18 games a season by a career, that's like cutting one to two seasons off a player's career yep. when you look at it. So they don't have a chance to catch Kareem. There's no way to catch Kareem as, all-time yep. lead scorer. There's no way to catch, you know, the assist leaders and, and things of that nature. You won't see rules be broken. I mean, um, you won't see uh, um, records records be broken because you won't have enough time to do it. That's the only fear that I have. But if yep. it's going to make for a more competitive product, times have to change. You, you know, I, I think the NBA just has to be a little bit because look, baseball plays a two hundred and some odd game season. And they don't like that. They've been I understand that. about that. That's too. way too much. That I, I truly believe that's, that's just overload at that point. The NBA, I know they've already gotten um, out of 
got rid of three games and five nights and stuff like that mm. in terms of for like one team and things of that nature. Just just spread out the schedule even more. Give the All-Star break more, more time. Give them two weeks off. You know, like to me, 82 is sacred. Mm. It, it, it's it's one it's one of those things because you know you know what you know what Ken it signifies like the modern era of basketball because back in Will Chamberlain's day they didn't record blocks they didn't record steals they didn't play eighty two games but it's like eighty two is now the standard because if you look at almost everybody else that's on the Mount Rushmore minus the Bill Russells the Koozies the the um the, the Will Chamberlains and, and and some of those guys. But everybody else, the Isaiah Thomas, the Larry mm. Burns, the Magic Johnsons, the Michael Jordans, the LeBron James, the Steph Currys, all of like the Russell Westbrooks, the KDs, the Carmelo Anthonys, all of those greats played in an 82 game season. Mm. I think if you were to change that, it just it, it disrupts the connection of what it means to be great because Schultz is 100% right. If, if I'm playing 10 plus less games per year, how am I really going to catch these ghosts? I'm trying to be a ghost. And, and that's why, and that, and that's why I think, you know, this is such an interesting conversation we bumped into because I don't, I think the happy medium here is that you can't let tradition be the enemy of possibility. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I think that some people's imaginations, and I'm not saying you are like saying that there can't be possibilities. I mean that there are people who are more combative to any type of movement in just things that were considered norm. And I think the NBA is at a point where we're, we're going to see things like the G league actually elevate into people watching that because of kids coming from high school who people want to see that people want to see Amani Bates go straight to the league instead of seeing him play from Michigan state. And I think that we're going to see the draft become more of a spectacle and less of, I hope of a lifetime movie like they're doing now. I want to get into the X's and O's. I think that player owned media is going to play a huge role in the elevation of the sport. But in terms of the numbers of games, I think that we're going to look at that as like a petty thing in a couple of years and be like, man, decrease it and make it stylistic. Just just like make stylize it to the point where you can still break those records. And there should be a possibility that may, maybe they bring in a four point spot on the, on, on the court the way Dame and Steph are doing is we don't know. It's just the way that the game is going. Yeah. And, and, and I'm cool for rule changes, right? Like I yeah. think everything that they've done pretty much with the all-star weekend has been a major success. And I think it, it, it more for more so falls in line with the era of basketball that we're playing in. I think a four point line makes sense with these dudes shooting goddamn near from half court, yep. the way they are one dribble and, and pull up like it, with somebody guarding them. Sometimes. Somebody was saying that the uh, one game I was watching, they were talking about getting rid of the baseline three and saying that shouldn't count as a three anymore. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I like that. You like, like, look, I'm for the rule changes, but, but the game, like the number of games, I, I, I understand it from a injury perspective. I, I, I 1 million percent understand that, but I don't know. Like, like, the is game, it a Jordan thing? Like, huh? is it, is it, is it a Jordan thing? Like the 72 and 10, like just makes it like, yo. It's just even the seventy three and nine warrior. It's just I don't know. It's just such a measuring stick. We don't count that team because they didn't win the title. I understand that, but 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 what, but the fact that they that, that that they could chase that. No, I got and, and they got it. You know, so yeah, they didn't win the title, but shit, like who would have thought? First of all, that we would have saw seventy two team win. Who the hell would have thought we would have saw the seventy three team win? You know what I'm saying? So, so let me ask you this: Could could we see a fifty nine team go fifty nine and zero? 
You know what I mean? Like, is is that possible if you shorten it? Like, is is it possible to see a team go sixty one and three? Like, you know what I mean? Like, but I don't think whatever? it's as impressive. Yeah, because it's it's kind of like golf. Why do you think that like professional golfers they don't ride a golf cart between holes? Is it's part of fatigue, stamina, and your own endurance? Mm-hmm. That's part of being an athlete. Part of the game. It's yeah. part of the game. It's part of perseverance. It's part of having nagging injuries going into the playoffs and overcoming that. But here's the thing, though. I know you and others, and you're not, like, set in this. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about, it seems to me that the players don't give a fuck about that shit. No. They don't care about chasing those records or those scoring titles or anything like that. But you know, they're the ones that's complaining but, about but, it. But, but it's not up to the players to make the rules of the game. It, uh, it's, it's not their league, technically. I, I feel you, but they're the product at the end of the day. A lot so they're the, they're the ones that have league. to go out there. Yeah, so if, if if KD's not playing, how much money am I making? But you know what? But again, your, your franchise is still going to be worth billions with or without KD. And it'll still be worth billions with or without those 22 extra games. Let me give a little bit of, yeah, of I don't know about that, Ken. I don't know about that. Because because look 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 at how tight the NBA was that they that they forced uh, what, what was it? Less than 60 days, uh, 90 days? That's because they it already had contract deals. Three days or something. But, 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 they will make new contracts based on the new number. But at the end of the but Ken, like, do you know how much revenue that is? Just losing 10 games? I understand that. I I I, I know. I, you know, if I was a business owner, I would be in a, as opposed to it, you know, too. Yeah. Players you need know. to grow a spine and look at them TV deals that, that they getting gypped on already, man. And mm-hmm. See how much money is being left out their pockets. You know what I mean? But that's okay. Just- so if we're talking about trickle down economics because that's essentially what we're talking about. If the <laughs> lead le- makes less money, you, the player, makes less money. You want less Correct. money or you want more money? If I'm a player, it depends on what my values are. Shit. Look, we're, 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 Ken, Ken. They all want more money. They, exactly. You're a professional athlete, right? Not everybody that's a professional athlete loves the game because of the game. Mm-hmm. A lot of them dudes no, I, I love the that. paycheck. They, they love the like lifestyle. The yeah. Mm. They think most of them, like, like they say, you know, the ones we even had on the show, they don't even watch football or sports anymore. They don't care nothing about that stuff. It's for the lifestyle. And that's where, you know, you have people who recognize in the sport that there's more money outside the sport now for a lot of guys. Most guys ain't getting that big contract. There's more money for dudes to be able to parlay their name on the back of their jersey into other investments or other fields. So in my opinion, if you're talking about the overwhelming majority of NBA players who are not the superstars, it bodes well for them to actually collectivize their interests and actually go for something that's more conducive to everybody being able, able, able to get a bigger piece of the pie, in my opinion. But that's going to take some sacrifice, and you know people be scared. Yeah, so. But 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 I I don't really think that's realistic. And Ken, you just said it like it, you 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 you're proving my point. If if the majority of the overwhelming majority of guys are just there for the paycheck, why should they set the rules as to the, the, how the history of the game should be looked moving forward? You don't even give a fuck. You literally don't give a fuck. Well, mm-hmm. some of the stars have been complaining too. I, I, and, and that's the, an issue though that they that they don't give a fuck. And I think that just because we speak on things as as they are doesn't mean we shouldn't speak on them for what they should be. 
And the players should give a fuck. They should actually give a fuck because they're the entire lifeblood of the industry, the entire lifeblood of the sport. If all these black folks that are in their jerseys that the white folks own stop playing that shit tomorrow, they don't have a fucking thing to show. They ain't got no money to to, to bring into the building. What are they gonna go see? Who Sean Bradley? Like, come on, bro. That's like like that, like that shit is not happening. So when you look at so when you look at the actual politics behind why these guys are not doing and joining up to actually collectivize these interests. I believe it's more so like you say, apathy, but they recognize that they can get more money outside because the majority of them are not the Hardens. They're not the Russell Westbrooks. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So they don't have the in track with those guys because those are the dudes at the negotiating tables. Yep. Um, Just some information because on how uh, we got to 82 games. So uh, when the NBA was founded, uh, they only played 60 games. Um, but the number went up when they added new teams to the league. So the first time NBA teams had to play 82 games in one season was in 1967 when they added the San Diego Rockets and the Seattle Supersonics. And I think that made it um, – well, I thought they would have the number of teams that there was another one I saw that had the number of teams that were in the league when that happened. But either way, they went to 82 games then. And now, since that time, oh, yeah, the NBA had 12 active teams at that time. Since then, they've added 18 more teams to the league, but they haven't changed the number of games the teams play. So each team plays 3.5 games per week in about 165 days. That is interesting that you added 12 teams. But when you added two teams, you added 20 games. You add 12 teams, but you haven't expanded the number of games. There's something flawed in that logic. And they, they need to do, you know look at that. But according to that logic, wouldn't you be adding more games, King? Exactly. That's why there's there's something wrong. There's something off on that, on how they got to that number. Why twenty games when you, when when you had two teams? There's there's some math that they did to get to that, and the article went over it. I didn't want to bore people to death, mm-hmm. um, and I would have to think about it a little bit more. But either way, it go. Why haven't they added more games when since when they added more teams? When that was the basis for why they added more teams back in the day. I don't know. Anyway, um, I, I I think I think eventually it's going to come back down. Um, so Q, you you say you got the blueprint for beating the Nets, bro? And I really want to pose the question because I think, and we're, we're going to talk about this player hopefully as well. I'm going to start with FIFO on this one because I really want to uh, just delve into a little bit X's and O's when we talk about James Harden and his ability to create off the pick and roll. He accounts for, I believe, the majority, obviously, because he had the ball in his hand most of the time. He accounts for most of the usage. And that frees up their shooters. In the playoffs, it's not going to be easy to do this, but let me know if I'm wrong. The only way that you're, if you have all three of those guys back, KD, Kyrie, and James Harden, you have to either be able to trap that pick and roll or you have to have a defender long enough to play in the help. So to, to, to be able to fill that lane so that James Harden cannot create. So you disrupt that pick and roll because that opens up most of their creation for three point uh, sh- shot making. So 
let, let me know, FIFO, if am I wrong in thinking that the only teams that can do this are Milwaukee and Philly with Philly? the personnel? Yeah. No, you're 100 percent right. Um, they're the only ones that have the athletes, the length and the size and honestly, the um, defensive IQ to do it. Um, not many teams have, have that ability, uh, especially in the East. Um, my thing is, in, the, in terms of the pick and roll, you got to blitz James Harden, get the ball out of his hand. Um, and then rem- remember what I said, it was a couple of weeks ago. I said, you got- <coughs> excuse me, saliva went down the wrong damn path. <laughs> um, you got to make Kyrie beat you. And I know that shit sounds crazy as fuck. But but it does because obviously he can. Somebody said uh, <laughs> Q needs a whiteboard to draw this. On. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I um, saw that. Nah. <laughs> but um, but you know you got to make Kyrie beat you, um, because Kyrie can can be highly engaged into hero ball. KD's too efficient, you know what I'm saying? So you got to face guard KD. You just can't, you just got to make it extremely difficult. You don't care what else is happening. Like that is your only thing. You don't rotate. Like you just guard KD. Are you putting um, Drew Holiday on James Harden? Um, if I'm Milwaukee, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and and I gotta make sure that PJ Tucker is guarding whoever they're setting. They're sending to go set the pick, so that way you can blitz that. Hey, get that ball to James Harden's hands. Forget KD. KD ain't touching it. And get and get Kyrie in 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 a rotation again. You gotta mm-hmm. pick your poison. Mm-hmm. You like you're not gonna be able to stop everything that they have, but that's where I would start and then see where the Nets want to adjust how they're gonna adjust with that. Um, but I would make Kyrie try to beat me. So Steve mm-hmm. Nash would have the coach, actually. Well, I, I think I, I think that's <laughs> I think that's what happens with all of the coaches in the playoffs because in the regular season, you can get away with having more athletes being more on the same page, mm-hmm. catching a team three, two games and three nights. You know what I'm saying? Like you can catch teams and mm-hmm. it's just the regular season. You know, the cream of the crop already typically by two, uh, a third of the way in into the season. We already know who's, you know, we get it more of an idea. Um, so with all that being said, it, in the playoffs, the coaches have to be able to adjust. They have to be like, oh, oh, they, they, they put in, they're putting this guy here because they're trying to force or switch this. What are you going to do in game? And also, what are you going to do game to game? You know what I'm saying? If one of those two teams, Milwaukee or Philly, comes out and they come out with that thing game one, what is the Nets going to do? Are they going to say, hey, we need to get James Harden more involved? Do, do, does Kyrie need to take less shots? How do we get KD open? They're face guarding this guy. Like, like They have to make adjustments, especially if it works. So, Ken... If you're Philly, do you trust Ben Simmons with the ability to blitz James Harden on that pick and roll? Or do you go with the thigh bull or, you know what I mean? Or do you trust the quote-unquote defensive player of the year in a lot of people's eyes? No, I would, I, would, I would go with Ben Simmons, man. I think he has the athleticism. He has the length. He has the size. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I would, I would go with, with Ben Simmons. But, but do you want Ben Simmons on the ball or being the blitzer? Mm-hmm. I'd rather have Ben Simmons being the blitzer. I will put wow. Thabio because Ben is longer, stronger, more active. So mm-hmm. you put Thabio. Thabio is a better, in my opinion, on-ball on steal ball. guy. They're both great on-ball. But Ben Simmons, a lot of a lot of his steals comes passing lanes, anticipation. Mm-hmm. Thabio is better on, like, on-raw. 
So mm-hmm. I will put Fabio on James Harden, and then whoever they're sending to send the, to to get the pick, that's who Ben is guarding. Because think mm-hmm. about it, whoever you whoever you send to set the pick, Ben Simmons can guard that person. And it's gonna be DeAndre they most of the time, huh? And, and like most of the time for, the, for for the Brooklyn Nets is gonna be DeAndre. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm blitz, I'm blitzing Ben. I, I don't want Ben um man to man. Now, if it happens, of course, throughout yeah, the, cool the possessions, it. it is what it is. But strategically, Thibu, you got James Harden. Ben, whoever the hell they're sending to set the pick, that's who you got, and you mm-hmm. y'all y'all get the ball out of his hands. I mean, I would switch it up with with use multiple people on him. I, I think that the key would be tiring James Harden out as much as you can. You put as much on ball pressure on him as you can. Throughout the game, especially like with Philly, those long arms and those defensive guys up in his grill like that, just wear him out. And by by you know by the third fourth quarter, that man ain't gonna want no more smoke. It's gonna be Kyrie doing it. Like you said, it's gonna be in Kyrie's hands at that point. Well, so, the best defender for James James Harden is the playoffs anyway. Yeah, the playoffs. <laughs> is, is definitely, come on, what we not gonna do today? Yeah, <laughs> Sheldon, do you th- am am I underrating Miami? In this aspect, can Bam Adebayo be the guy? Can he can't. Jimmy, that's 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 a you know? that's a good question, and that's that's a good team to use because I think anybody on that team can switch at any position. So whoever they would probably out of all of them be the most dangerous because Bam can guard, you know, all five positions. Not if yeah. you know more effectively than say yeah. Philly because, like you said, they're probably gonna be running DeAndre Jordan up to set that screen, which means if Philly's playing him, you you counting on Joel and B mm-hmm. to come out there and, and, and play that role. You you know, it probably won't be being it'll be Joel and B having to be on that switch. So I think of all the big men in the East, uh, Bam is the most equipped to do it. And he has the speed and the footwork to be able to stay, you know, to stand in the play more than any of the others. You just have to keep him out of foul trouble. So two things, Shelton. Number one, um, if I'm Philly, I'm having Joel and B guard Joe Harris or Blake Griffin. Um, so that way, if DeAndre is the one coming up, I got Ben Simmons on him. Because they're not going to get the ball to DeAndre Jordan. Like, I don't have to worry about the, the, mm. the DeAndre Jordan, Ben right. Simmons matchup. I don't right. have to worry about that. That, that ain't, but, but, but it wouldn't put him on Joe Harris <clears throat> because he's going to play on the perimeter. And yeah, but 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 how but how much action do they really give Joe Harris off ball? He's not Reggie Miller or Rip Hamilton. They don't really run them. He's off coming like off that. a pin down. Exactly. And they also, it's a lot of driving kick because of the, the, the pick and roll situation with James Harden. You, so now here's the thing. Now, if I do that and now they adjust and they move Joel Harris around, then yeah, okay, I'll readjust and move Joel and B to somebody else or do or take him out to get, do whatever you got to do. Mm-hmm. But, but it, it's a game. This is what I always tell people, um, both basketball and football. It's a game of check and chess, uh, uh, checkers. At the same time, like you do little things to set people up later on. Oh, it becomes a tendency. Then you break the tendency and they're not ready for it, offensively or defensively. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like your team has to be in tune with how the coach needs to coach. And, and, and the greatest adjusters, the greatest coaching adjusters are the ones that win the game. That's why Popovich is great. Right. That's the reason why uh, Phil Jackson is great, because it's not only the adjustments, but also when we call a timeout, how do we execute? We got to execute. Mike Malone, mm-hmm. he, his teams execute when they switch things up. They, they Everybody's on the same page with how they want to attack. 
You know what I'm saying? How we what what's the, the slight nuance? What's the variance? Mm -hmm. So so you know that that's that's why coaching is so important, especially in the playoffs. Absolutely. And I, the reason why I posed the question was because of just the narrative surrounding the Brooklyn Nets offense. And I believe, you know, the word unstoppable should not be used for any team ever. But if we're, if, but if we're talking, because nobody's unstoppable. They, they, they got after Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl and they stopped. Him. Like, that's how, that's, that's, how, that's how you stop somebody. Like, I'm not saying that Gary Payton stopped Jordan because you can't, you know, stop anybody. But, but, but you like, know what, like, though? Like, you know what I mean? You, but I, I think in that statement, it's implied at my best, we're unstoppable. Right. Like right. Golden State at their best, <laughs> like, like sure. they, they, could, they could throw you an avalanche, you know, say 20 points in three and a half minutes. Like, how do you overcome that? For sure. For sure. Play defense. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So, yes, any team on any given day can be stopped, slowed mm -hmm. down, do whatever. But at their best, at that team's best, they're they're virtually unstoppable. And and I think the NBA is in this aspect for Brooklyn is such a it's going to be a game of matchups because I won't be surprised if we see Brooklyn go to six games with Indiana in the first round or if we see Charlotte take them to a tough ass five, six games. I'm not going to be mad because I think that they need those lumps, especially if KD is coming back in the second round and Harden and Kyrie got to carry it. But the key to me is does the teams in the East, do you have the personnel like, like, like we've been saying, do you have the personnel to be able to fill those passing lanes? Do you mm -hmm. have the ability to stay in front of James Harden to keep everything in front of you so you can funnel him to, I believe, the side outs? Because that's where you want to push the ball to. Because then he's going to swing the ball to Kyrie and he's going to dance. Like what FIFA was saying. If FIFA not crazy, he know what the fuck he's talking about. Because you want Kyrie to be in that mode of, okay, I got to get a bucket now. And now you're, not, and now you're just playing five on one at, at that point. And that's exactly what you want. So I think that the, that we're going to see in the playoffs real soon. It's going to be interesting who has the personnel. Yeah. Hey, we got a I 100% agree. We got a super chat real quick. I wanted to get in. <clears throat> it's a little off subject, but Chris, we appreciate you, Chris. Is Jokic the clear MVP now? Uh, does Jimmy Butler have a case for MVP? No, I, I I was told I was told I was told Jimmy Butler's not a superstar, so I'm gonna just set out yeah. that question. So. MVP, <laughs> Jimmy Butler, hell no. <laughs> I think Dame is ahead of Jokic, man. Yeah, at this point. Oh man, y'all. Q, Q, I could back that, boy. I could back that. Um, Dame being slightly ahead of Joker. If people want to say Joker is ahead of Dame, I could back either 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 scenario. So we just had Embiid's all the way out of it now, man. Just man, you you see, you already know that I'm holding out hope that he come back in like a week and a half. Like, all right, I'm good. Yeah. I, I ain't I ain't sitting out for three weeks. We ain't doing this. But right now, I don't know. So if he says out the whole three weeks, he's just out. I think he'll be out. All of the work he don't put, okay. Not all of the way out. It, 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 it for me depends on how he comes back. If he comes back with force and vengeance, they get back to winning like they've been doing, then he can kind of sneak back in there, but he won't be the favorite like he was if he had not gotten hurt. If he had not gotten hurt, he would have been the clear-cut favorite to win it. At this point, it's up in the air. At this point, James Harden to me, James Harden, I would say James, Dame, I, yeah, and Brian, those are the three for you. Know? I would say I would say Dame first for me, and the only reason I say that is because he's doing it. You know, CJ's been out. Um, he really, other than you know, Carmelo and you know, different people stepping up, Dame's been doing it every single night. 
James Harden has been playing out of his mind. I appreciate what James does, but it's easier to do with the Kyrie on the roster. Even though they're not playing every night, you know, I I, I just think it's, you know, still, you know, he had them for a lot of that time. So in saying, well, not a lot of that time, but some of that time. So in saying what what I've seen, you know, the eye test, Dame has just gotten it done. He's hit bigger shots. And he's pulled it out in the clutch when need be. So when we talk about most valuable player, it's been Dame. You take Dame off that roster and, and they're not a playoff team. They're not a 500 team. They're not anything. You can take James Harden off the Nets roster and, you know, they're, they're still a good team. They, they were running good without him. I, I, if I'm going to be real with you, I'm to the Joker people who love to talk about his stats. I get it. I get that y'all got the graphs and the metrics that show that he's the first <laughs> player to do something since Larry Bird. I get it. He's a great player. But I'm going to be real with you. I, I got Chris Paul ahead of Joker in MVP. That that, mm. that 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 man has Phoenix number two in the West. They have if, – if Chris Paul gets them number one in the West, that's not, like, worthy of being the fifth guy on the MVP ladder. Like, really, I'm not saying top two, top three. I'm saying, like, in the convo. Like, put them in the top five, man. Like, that's ridiculous. This is but, what I said. This man is is underrated. Yep. Very. Yeah, very. Kind of scoffed at me. Nobody even talking about the brother and what he's doing, you know. Carrying um, with uh, yeah. Devin Booker, man. They've got, he, he really – installed a culture in Phoenix and was able to, although Aiden is not playing, I believe, to his full potential yet, I believe that can Chris Paul is going to get there. Can we say that, though? And and what I mean by that, don't get me wrong, is I, I love him to death, but couldn't people point back and say this team went undefeated in the bubble before he got there? They, you know they could, but missing what, the playoffs the second seed? Maybe with them, they were already on that trend is what I'm saying. Whether he had gotten there or not, maybe they were already headed in that direction based off their bubble play. Mm. What were their record pre-bubble? Mm, I can't remember. I need to go back and look. They were, they were undefeated. for them to get a look. But, I mean, I, I, people would make that argument. But, yeah, I think, you know, you need a guy like – like, it, you take Chris Paul off this team, I think they're probably, you know, struggling to make the playoffs. They're one of the bottom seeds in the league right now in the Western Conference. You know, or they're not even making the playoffs at all. I think there's there's something that he brought. I think Q nailed it, is, is culture, is is learning and knowing how to play the game of basketball. You know, and I think he, they're going to be all the better for it. Booker, Booker's IQ and all the other stuff I anticipate is going to go up. You know, there's, Ken, there's never been a championship team that has never defined roles. There's never been a championship team that has not been clearly understanding a role definition, what to do, what not to do, what's in your bag, what's not in your bag, what's out of pocket. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. when it comes to Chris Paul, he got guys like Mikhail Bridges, like, yo, you fill the lane when it's time for you to fill the lane, you play defense and you shoot threes. Booker, you already know what you you do. Aiden, you get rebounds and you punish muff. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's on Cameron Johnson, you shoot threes and you bang out. Like he he's He's installing culture and role definition. I'm also say James Jones for executive of, of the year, mm-hmm. hands down. For sure. Yeah. Um, going back to the to the previous <laughs> super chat question, um, I'm gonna give Jimmy some props though, because you know he he's definitely playing well. I, I still don't view him as a superstar, but he's definitely um, is playing well. That team has gotten healthy. 
Uh, they dealt with a lot of COVID stuff. You know, Jimmy was a bit under the weather, but, you know, he, he's, he, he's, he's balling out. And uh, Spo finally got his people together, man, and they, they, they picking on where they left off. So salute to that brother. We'll be back after this quick break. Mm-hmm. And we got another super chat really quick, you know, uh, from Saber, Sabiri Six Real Estate. Sam, uh, Sabiri Kamara, we appreciate you, man. Unrelated question. And keep it 100. Would a duo of Jerry West and Wilt Chamberlain make the playoffs in modern NBA? I think so, but want to know your takes. Absolutely. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Jerry West, man. I, I didn't see him play a lot, but I've heard that man got busy. And we already know what Wilt Chamberlain did. So, so yeah, they would make the playoffs. You put the right team around them. Yeah, I think they will make the playoffs easy. If LaMelo Ball and Bismack Biombo can make the playoffs, then Jerry West <laughs> and Wilt Chamberlain can make the playoffs. Right? Like, come on. That's now, real. Let's not do this. Yeah. Yeah, these are all time greats. Hey, Bismack, oh, nice man. Come on, no Bismack, do his thing. That is not even disrespect. You know what? Like, if I'm actually, do, if I'm actually rile the chat up, if Donovan Mitchell can shoot forty shots and Gobert can make four points, then Will Chamberlain and Jerry West the logo go make playoffs. Absolutely, <laughs> and talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't see Jerry enough to to, to talk about. Well, I didn't see him at all. Of course, in in his in in his day, but I ain't seen enough to where I can say that. I, I can't. I can't say. Yeah. Well, Brown said that Jerry getting fried in today's league. I mean, he might get fried, man, but he might fry back. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I don't know. Hey, y'all, be, y'all be tripping. Yet, <laughs> Dogging these, these old, old white guys. <laughs> Um, what else? Uh, now, if he had said Jerry West and um, Bill Walton, then no. All right, yeah. Q. Man, let us have it, man, about the James Harden critics. The miseducation of James Harden critics. The, the, you know what? ESPN propaganda is so strong, man. It has such a stronghold on the casual's brain that the people who don't sit down and watch basketball, the people who don't care about not just the X's and O's, but care about the human mm-hmm. aspect of ball. People who either played it, organized it, been around it. If you ain't been around it, you can't recognize that James Harden has been a top 15 talent that we have been witnessing. Just from a pure talent perspective, mm-hmm. this is my summation. James Harden is a basketball genius. And people want to deny this fact because of a playoff performance or because of a narrative about flopping as if the entire league doesn't flop. But if you look at the numbers, if you look at the the load he was asked to shoulder in Houston, if you look at, I believe, 2018, coming within a game of beating the KD Warriors, like the team that we all just talked about being unstoppable. They came within a game of that and they had to shoot 0 for 27 to lose to that team. And they were up 17 points. So, yes, you use, so we can talk about the chokes, but also talk about what he's doing right now in Brooklyn with another guy who is supposed to be doing what he was supposed to be doing last year. You know what I mean? With when it was just him and KD was injured. So the genius of James Harden is being shown in his playmaking ability, his ball handling, his shot making. I cannot name eight more. I cannot name eight humans 
who are just pure talented with the ball than James Harden. I can't. There's like once you get past the Kobe's, the the Michael Jordans, you get past the, you know, Allen Iversons in terms of just the pure genius of the ball. James Harden is in that upper echelon, right? And we have to start holding that guy to not just a standard, but start appreciating the fact that this dude is displaying genius. And you don't think they do? Do you think they're really holding his his uh, exit do. from? Yeah, I think the perception of James Harden isn't what it should be based off, based off of how great he really is. Like, we question him more than anything. We question his heart. We question his mental toughness. We question his moves. We question how many times he gets to the free throw line. We question how many threes he gets. We question uh, how the validity of his triple doubles. Like, mm-hmm. we question a lot about James Harden instead of appreciating James Harden. Well, the mental toughness... Um, He's given us reasons. And I'm not and I mentioned all of that just to say that he's not perfect, but what we're witnessing, we're not we're we're truly not gonna ever really see again. Not mm-hmm. a guy that can routinely give 50 point triple double. Ken, how long have we been outside of Wilt Chamberlain? Like like Russ can average a triple double. You can average a 20 point triple double. But how many times have we seen Russ give us a 50 or 40 point triple double? It, it doesn't happen often. I feel you. I just wonder if. Like, when I think back to him asking to get out of Houston and the way he went about it, I don't know if that's impacting, like, people's perception on him as a talent. You think that 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 they're doing that? No, nah, we're not saying that. We're not saying right. that. That's what, I'm wondering if that's where Q's coming from. It, has, the, has the media started to talk about him in a, in a different way? Two sides, yeah. Like there's all there's a media side and then there's a fan side. And I believe that the media side has always been, if not against James, they've been, like people said, questioned James at mm-hmm. every point, at every turn. Does, does he really care about the game? Is you know, do, does he stay after practice and put up shots when he goes in, you know, ghosts in the playoffs, blah, 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 blah. Right. And then the fans, they receive some of that. And it may not be full on hate. But a lot of it's man, he be flopping, man. Man, he be all he do is shoot, man. Jamie, you, 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 how many times have we heard this, y'all? You can't win like that in the playoffs, man. James Harden's style of play can't win, but he came within a game of almost beating the dynasty of our decade. You know what I mean? So it's that has to end without Chris Paul. And let's understand that without Chris Paul, a, like a torn hamstring kept James Harden from going to the finals to face Cleveland. Like and this has a 17-point lead and damn near missing every shot in the second half. You know. And that happens. I mean, it yeah, it, it it does, but it happened in the James Harden is what makes it look bad. Like if it was any other team, like there are expectations that come with being back to back MVPs. He was, right? I think no, he was he was just 2018. Yeah. He won he thought he should be back to back MVP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are expectations that come with just being an MVP. Period. When when you with his talent, you know, unfortunately, the media has certain narratives that drive certain expectations into the fans' eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and and I understand what what you're saying, but James has a lot of suspect moments, man. And I'm mm-hmm. rooting for the brother to get past him, and I hope this is the year. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I, I got the Nets going in right now. Um, I still got them winning it all. That's subject to change, obviously. 
But um, but I think this could be it, having, you know, other elite players playing alongside him. Mm-hmm. But as a solo act and with Chris, Chris, I mean, Chris Paul, we just talked about Chris Paul. Chris Paul, Paul was seen as the driving force behind, you know, a lot of the Rockets' success with his mental toughness and fortitude. Mm-hmm. So I, I do agree with you guys that I do think that he needs to be appreciated more. You know, we have a couple of titles to our show called the the disrespect, you know, the the Dame Lillard disrespect. So I think you're right. There should be a James Harden disrespect um, attribute applied to him as well. Um, but that's going to and, – and the thing about it, even if he wins, Q, they still going to give a lot of the credit to the other guys that he's with. And that's which, what I'm saying. Sheldon, how do you feel about this? That's a, it's, a, it's, to, it's to whom much is given, much is expected. That, that um, holds true here, just like it does in any other case. <clears throat> Players who perform at his level, you expect them to show up big in the big moments. And there's times when he's fell short and he's going to be held more accountable than anybody else. Just like, mm-hmm. you know, we do with Giannis and just like we do everybody else. It's the same game. Everybody else, we, talk, we it's the same story. You expect them to win those games. You expect them to win. Win, win, win is what you want from a player who's as outstanding as he is. Now, when he retires, he should be known as that's when he can get all these accolades. But while he's playing, he, he deserves to take it, in my opinion. I, I just think that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just how I look at athletes at that level. Mm-hmm. I feel like all the pressure in the world should be on you at that point because you're built to take it. That's what being the great is all about. So, See, here's my thing, is that I love players like Dame, right? And the reason why I love players like Dame is because I have the we, we all know the context of how they come into their starter. Mm-hmm. I don't think people apply that to James Harden. People act like James Harden was starting for the OKC Thunder and he was coming out of Arizona State and he had all this hype. James Harden was a six man. Yeah. And it's and a GM in Houston had a hunch that this dude could be a perhaps a really good player. And then he turned out to be one of the greatest talents we've ever seen to touch a bass just from a pure can you put the ball in the hoop you can't mm-hmm. name 10 guys better than james harden who do that so mm-hmm. when you so when, so when you have that context i'm looking at the fact that the entire league punted when kd went to golden state so the, to me the expectations of oh james harden was supposed to win no he wasn't the fact that he came within one game shows just how miraculous of both of those talents were and it's like, were, were they supposed to con- contend with the Miami Heat and the Spurs? I guess. But they only who had Sam Decker and uh, Chandler Parsons as his number twos. Yeah. So, but he, I, you know, he, he came within one game when Chris Paul was on the court. Right. Like as 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 a superstar at MVP, he should have got that one win. He should have got my, that one. And and the thing about it and, and, the, and he was up 17. Like if you were down 17. All right, bro. It's just is what it is. But they blew a double-digit lead in that. And then right. his performance wilted. And then so and then there's the the Rockets coming back from a 3-1 deficit with him on the bench. So I understand uh with with who was out there? Josh Josh Josh, Josh, uh, Josh Smith and Josh um, Smith. What's his name? The skinny dude. Yeah. Yeah. So so those are the Brewer. moments. Like Brewer, Corey Brewer. Yeah. yeah, Corey Brewer. There were like I didn't like I'm not one to kind of fall into those narratives because, you know, and it gets on my nerves. I haven't watched First Take in, in months, but I'm pretty sure they're saying the same thing. You know, 
we got to see Max Kellerman. We got to see James Harden doing it in the playoffs. Until he does <laughs> as that, then none of that's matter. That whole nonsense, right? And um, and I wasn't one to kind of fall into that until I kept seeing it over and over again because I didn't want to believe it. And I'm like, dang, man, they might be right. He might struggle in clutch moments. Like he might really be thinking about. Kind of like LeBron had it, like the LeBron yeah. Ivers, like, dang, man, if I miss this shot, what are they going to say about me? And I think moving to the Nets, a lot of that pressure will be removed, mm-hmm. uh, I hope. And he doesn't have to be the guy. He wanted to make that move. And I and I applaud him for saying, you know what, this is some BS. Like, I'm not even trying to go through this again. I'm not trying to LeBron the Rockets to a title. Like, get me – I want to play with some guys, some other guys. I enjoy that. So, you know – I don't know, man. I, I feel it, and I, and I hope that and, – and I do – I don't like the way he went out in, in, in Houston. Um, I, thought, I, I thought there was a, could be a better way, um, but he picked his way, and, and it worked, and he's gone, and, um, and he has to live with it, and he's happy, you know, <laughs> and that's all that matters. So, but as far as his ability as a player, like he is like – Fun to watch and one of the best. And I do think he needs to be recognized for that. And we do need to be pushing that narrative more than the opposite. Right. And I and I and I get it though, it though too. And it's fun because he's not above the rim. He's not playing above the rim. He's not jumping out of the gym. He running by nobody fast. And but he's still getting it done night in and night out any way he wants. He having his way with whoever is, is guarding him. And it's, he's using his mind to get it done. And I appreciate him as a player. I always have. Mm-hmm. But like Ken said, I expected him to step up in some of those big moments. Those big moments when the spotlight is on you, when it's game time, show it. Show oh, you the man. That's fair. Yeah, a lot of people making points. Yeah, people didn't really recognize how good uh, CP3 was until he got to OKC. Man, he's you know, great, man. But he was, yeah, but he was, he was already doing it. But, <laughs> but he, he, he was doing it, but people didn't really understand like how really great he was. He brings Correct, DNA. He always had, see, and, and the reason for that, Ken, is he always had other good players around him up until that point. When he got to OKC, mm-hmm. that was a wash season supposed to be. So when he had mm-hmm. that team playing at that level, that's 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 what I when I think about when I think about championship basketball. He had them believing in that culture you talked about, that mm-hmm. OKC team bought in. And when he did that, that just solidified his, his gangster. It just made him, that was his championship. So, and yeah, as as Mr. T pointed out, like the Rocket, like he's not on the Rockets anymore, and they don't lost what seventeen games straight. Mm-hmm. Like, would they lose seventeen straight if 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 Harden was on that team in the regular season? No, Harden would get them at least mm-hmm. twelve of them yeah, <laughs> by at himself. Least, I, I, at I least ten of them, Johnny. Yeah, I, I hate that because that's a shell of itself. Them losing 17 games now is, I mean, that, that can be attributed to a number of things. They got rid of Boogie. Um, I know Christian Wood, Wood is hurt, too, yeah. Christian Wood has been hurt. He, he, um, he just came back yesterday. Okay. Yeah, yesterday was his first game back. P.J. Tucker and John Wall went out yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, P.J. Mm-hmm. Tucker's been out. You know, now he's gone and traded. That It's just a shell of itself. Um, Oladipo has been hurt. So that team And he wants out. Is, yeah, he wants out. <laughs> That team losing is, you know, what else can they do? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I wouldn't expect them to do anything else. 
They still don't James, know. James, James had the same thing at the, at the press conference. Everybody killed him. He was like, I don't know what else I can do. <laughs> and right. walked off. And everybody was like, how dare this nigga? Like, you know, it's crazy. Hey, he knew he saw, man. He, he did the um yeah, he did the same thing that LeBron did. LeBron said kind of said that same shit before. <laughs> He's like, I don't, I don't know what else. What is like top said, heavy as fuck? Some yeah, shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> and who is it? Minnesota has the worst record still in the league throughout this. Mm-hmm. So what yep. does that say about a team like Minnesota? Come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah. And that's a whole other episode right there. Worst re- rebuilds. That's that's a whole episode. Mm. I have to do that. I have to do that. Um, all right, I'm gonna save this uh this other one uh um for later, Q. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the last one, I think that's a good one. I definitely want to get into it, but um, but yeah, we we're gonna close it. Uh, Shelton, unless you got something you want to want to talk about tonight, brother. No, I didn't. I didn't have anything tonight. Okay. Other okay. than the Hornets are playing the Lakers, and make sure you all tune in. It's on TV. Oh, nobody want to see that shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, the mellow. They just shit. been all over. It's been all over the news. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're gonna try to sell it. Uh, Lavar. Just hush. Take the win, bro. You got LaMelo. Do not try to get Lonzo out here, bro. Lonzo is, is like done. Let Lonzo be a good oh, player man. and let that go. You got LaMelo, man. Just let it go. Just hush. You're going to make us focus on the wrong thing. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Talking about Lonzo. We're bringing up old shit. Why are you bringing yeah, up old shit? Yeah. No. Talking about he hate. Oh, New Orleans. That's and he probably hates Stan Van Gundy because Stan Van Gundy, yeah, I, I'm sure he don't like Stan Van Gundy. I sure I think that's what it is. He's I don't true. think Reddick fucking with Stan Van Gundy now either. So, so yeah. But anyway, yeah, Lamar. Because he walking up in there like he was Belichick and shit. Like, the fuck wrong with him? Like, he walking up in there like he Belichick. They should have got Doc and it, it had the, when they had the chance. Doc should have been there. Ty Lucia should have been hired the minute that Paul George hit the side of the backboard. Like, like that shit is crazy. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad pickup. That was a bad signing. He was Come better on, commentating. Yeah, and now it's too late. Come on, man. no, no, no. That, um, they got the brother. Yeah, um, I know Stan. Stan was commentating too. Was he? I think he did some games. I think he was on the TNT sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? Je- yeah. Jeff does all of them a yeah. lot, most of them. But I, yeah, probably as like that third guy. I think, man, or maybe he was just on a lot of podcasts. I don't know. It don't mm. matter. Yeah, it but, don't matter. Coaching. That, that was a bad. That was a bad pickup. Nah, yeah. man, he's really let. Yeah, now you're gonna mess up Zion. We need to watch that. Are they gonna yeah. trade? Are, are they gonna trade Ingram? Nah, they talking about no. it. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. Uh-uh. Look, their core of Lonzo, Ingram, and Zion—they're perfectly complementary. Their games are complementary to all to each other. And it's rare that you find um, a, a, a trifecta like that, that that are just, you got the scorer, you got the passer, you got the the, the, the guy that does a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. I just, I, w- I, w- I wouldn't mess with that. I don't understand why you give Steven Adams the money they should have given to Christian Wood. Mm. That makes no sense to me. Like, they needed a stretch five badly. And I, I get it. Jackson Hayes is supposed to be like the lanky guy, but... Christian Wood got what three years, sixty mil or something. You mean to tell me that the Pelicans, when they traded for Bledsoe, they got all these guys who ain't really doing much for them 
for their youth yeah. movement, and this is what they get. Come on now. Yeah, bad business. Um, and who's, who's the GM? The guy from Cleveland, right? Dale Demps? No, nah, wait, he gone. Um, nah, it's the oh, white yeah, guy. Griffin. Griffin. Yeah, Griffin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Griffin. man. Yeah. <laughs> Not we gonna no, King. We really gonna talk about it because we gonna have to rank our our top five worst rebuilds. Because I can arguably put <laughs> put I, I I can arguably put Boston up in there. Top five. Yeah, I bet we can we can do it next Thursday. You know, sure. damn, I gotta go back into the memory bank for that. Wait, you're not gonna be in next Thursday? Yeah, that's literally yeah. the first day I'm gone. Well, we can do it when FIFA get back. He's gonna be out there for sure. Yep, yep. yep. So yeah, uh, that that give me time to think about it. Well, yeah. Yep. If it's easier, we can do from 2010 on. If it's easier, okay, bet yeah, yeah. Because as soon as you said that, I was like, "Whoa, bro, yeah. that, that's 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 a lot of teams. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a lot of teams." The post Penny and Shaq Magic, no, yep, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. So 2010 yeah. and up, I bet. All right, yeah. bet that narrows it down. All right, cool. Well, we thank you guys for showing up again. We thank you guys for hitting that like button and subscribing to the channel, man. Um, and yeah, you know, we'll, we'll catch you guys next Thursday. We out. Peace. Peace.